the Kupalithis Podcast. Welcome to a month of love. Welcome to the Kupalithis Podcast. I am Nick Kupalithis, your host, and I am so privileged to be with you. It is February 2023, and you know what that means. It is the month of love. And just a little side note here, every month should be the month of love, but we are going to highlight that on this podcast. And to begin this month of love, instead of reading one of your amazing, encouraging notes about this podcast, I want to dedicate this episode and dedicate this podcast to the love of my life, Jackie Marie Kupalithis, who I met a little over 20 years ago who in this August, we will be married for 20 years. And I want to tell you, baby, you are my strength. You are my inspiration. You are my friend. You are my lover, my partner. You are my heartbeat. And I so appreciate you. I'm always amazed by you. The Lord has had us on an amazing journey of life. We have gone through some awesome mountaintops. We've also braved some dark valleys. And in all of that, I see in you strength and wisdom and insight and courage. And I love you. And I say, I do a thousand times over because it is my privilege to be walking with you and holding your hand in this life. So instead of reading somebody else's quote, like I usually do, I wrote you a poem really about the first season that we met and where the sparks really began to fly at a little burger joint in Colorado called A&W. <laughs> so cue the music. I saw you in a moment, the glimmer of light in your eyes. Your glance demanded my life. Freely, I laid down to die. Stories carried the evening, all in a moment an adventure. The night bid us welcome. We willingly surrendered. Captured the stars, we chased the moon, took the right, and followed on through. I love you till the morrow ends. And if I could do this all over again, I'd hold you closer still. My lover, my lady, my friend. Baby, I love you so much with all my heart. Thank you for you. You know what? Some of you probably need to write a poem to your spouse. And listen, I didn't say that the poem was going to be good, but I love being able to bless my wife and to love her. And so I I put this on here because I think that we have to be lovers. I want to be a warrior. I want to be a a strong father, but I more than anything want to be a husband that, that ultimately cherishes his wife. And really the Bible tells us this, that, that we are supposed to love our spouse like Christ loved the bride. And so that is the goal. And so I I love her so much. All right. For the remainder of the podcast, I'm going to share three principles that I believe will transform your marriage. 
Now, and truthfully, they will transform any one of your relationships if you begin to apply these three principles. And truthfully, I wish somebody said to me, hey, Nick, if you grab these three principles now in your life and you walk them out, you're going to change your future. And I want a transformational marriage. Don't you want a transformational marriage? Well, what is that? What is a transformational marriage? I would just say it's a marriage that is healthy and growing. I want to be a person that's healthy and growing. Because here's the thing. When you get married, it's a gift from God. It's that you've received favor from God. And these, and I believe it's one of the greatest gifts that we can have on this planet is to live our life with another human being that loves us and that we get to love. What a wonderful gift that God has given to us. But when we get married, we're not a finished product yet. We're still growing. We're still changing. We're still maturing. And you know what the truth of the matter is? It takes a lifetime to get to some kind of finished goal, which I don't really think that you finish before you die. I think you're ever growing, ever maturing, if we could say ever evolving, um, but, but truthfully growing. And as I was preparing this podcast, I felt like the phrase that was on my heart was to grow together means that we grow individually. When I am intentional about my own personal growth, whether it's my faith, whether it's things that maybe are challenging me to to mature, guess what? I get to invite my wife into that process and she then becomes a support for that. When she is growing in her process, guess what? She's invited me into her process to not control it, but to actually encourage her in how God has designed her, in her desires, in her passions, in her strengths, and in those places that might be a challenge for her. I get to come alongside of her process. And that's the thing about marriage that's so uniquely wonderful is that you live your life together. But when there's an intentional commitment to grow personally and individually, I know that I'll be a better husband for her. And in that our marriage is strengthened. So right after the break, I'm going to give you three principles that are going to strengthen your marriage and strengthen your relationships right after this. All right, principle number one, and I'm going to reach into the archives here. Jackie and I love Jimmy Evans. This was probably the first person that we really followed in terms of marriage teaching. And he said this, he said that, Marriage is a four-letter word. It's work. Wah, 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 wah. No, 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 no. We're, it, it sounds so negative, but actually, I'm going to use a little bit of a different word here. And the word I want to use is the word cultivate. Cultivate. Cult, cultivate means to prepare land and grow crops on it. And I think this is a great analogy for this idea of work because that farmer is going to cultivate that land, prepare that land for the seed, plant the seed, water that seed. And then after a time, there's going to be a harvest, a reward from that seed. And it's going to be a bountiful reward. I think in marriage, it's the same thing. If we think that marriage is work or that we have to cultivate our relationship, what's going to happen is we're going to see a great reward. See, I think the things that get us to marriage are not the things that keep us in marriage. And we have to realize coming into 
marriage that you have these two people, right? They're under the same roof and, and they're living this life together, but they're different people. And so there has to be an intentionality about cultivating the marriage relationship. And really we could say that about any relationship. You have to have an intentionality about cultivating that relationship. And so in this case, work is a good thing. Let me give you three quick areas that definitely need cultivating, that definitely need work. And I keep coming back to that word because that word work does signify something that can be hard at times. And I think there can be challenges at times trying to, to work in marriage or to cultivate a healthy marriage. And that's okay. We're up for the challenge. It's a good thing. Why? Because there's a great reward for this work, for this cultivation. So three areas really quickly, right? Three areas that need to be worked on. Number one, I think this is probably, we could do a whole show on this and I probably will sooner or later, but on communication, communication. It doesn't matter if you had a good example in your life of communication that definitely helps out. Maybe your parents communicated well, and I I hope that is your case. You can draw from that. But I would still say that communication still takes cultivation because you're learning how to, to communicate with an, an another individual that you might be similar, but you're not the same. And, and in life, as I said, there, there's different seasons where, where that person might not have the same kind of need in a certain season. And so you have to cultivate a different type of communication. Um, and I would just say this too, just because you know words doesn't mean you know how to talk correctly, right? Just because you have ears, it doesn't mean that you know how to listen, meaning there's a lot more than just saying words. There's a lot more than just sitting there and hearing somebody. It's that, Lord, help me say the right words. Let me communicate well. Let me not just be hearing, but let me listen to this person with intentionality so I can hear what's going on in their heart, in their depths. Communication is just not about verbal cues. It's about body language. It's about timing. It's about all these different things. And I'm going to tell you what, it's, it's probably the most important connecting point is good communication. I think we're definitely going to do a whole show on that because I'm learning this in my life. Now, I live in a home, as many of you know, and there's a lot of women in my home. I have three wonderful daughters, and there's a lot of words that happen in my home. And I mean that in a good way. BBC reported that the average woman speaks 20,000 words a day. The average man speaks 7,000 words a day. Now, I'll tell you the truth. If you get around me and some of my friends, we have a lot of talking. I know one of my good buddies, Mike Harry, and I, we could talk the paint off the wall, and then we probably could talk the paint back on the wall. But just kind of stereotype generalization here, women have a lot more words, a lot more things that they need to share verbally. That's okay. Not every woman's the same. And there's some men that need to be very verbal. Um, but I would say for us as men, the challenge is sometimes is putting words to our emotions, putting words to what we're feeling, being able to be in a conversation and not try to fix it and just be a good listener. And so I think communication is one of these places where you really have to work at it, especially as a man, but you really have to work at it as a couple. Two other quick places under communication is one is that there's a work in marriage that is an emotional connection that you work on meeting each other's emotional needs. 
And I'm finding in marriage in this season of life, and I'm going to say this as a guy, it's enjoyable to endeavor to meet my wife's emotional needs. I know I'm not the only one that can meet those emotional needs, but to connect on her, to ask her how her heart's doing, ask her if there's anything I can do for her. Um, It's actually such a wonderful place of service. I love it. And the other one I would just say is that sometimes you have to even work and cultivate an atmosphere of fun. I know you probably didn't see that one coming, but here's what happens. Life happens, you're married, and you, you have this great freedom, and then all of a sudden, children come. And thank God for children. Love children. Love my daughters. But then, then work comes, and challenges in life come. And all of a sudden, you've gone from being friends and lovers to partners to all of a sudden roommates trying to figure out life, and you're like, we don't have any fun anymore. And again, I, I wish somebody told me this 20 years ago. Hey, cultivate, do the work of marriage, which is communication, which is connecting emotionally, is the scheduling times where you guys can laugh together, have experiences together, have fun together. God wants you to have fun as a couple. All right, so the first one is that four-letter word work, but we're going to say cultivate, which is not a four-letter word. The second thing, I'm going to give you these two pretty quickly here, but I think these are are great things going into this, this month of love is don't wait until your spouse checks the box. Meaning we have expectations of our spouse and you have a lot of expectations. You got to communicate about these. I wouldn't I would say before marriage and during marriage, communicate your expectations. But sometimes what happens is if we feel like the spouse is not you know, living up to their expectations. They're not checking every box we think that they should check. We begin to get resentful. And I think the better way to look at this, especially if you're task-oriented, if you're task-oriented and you feel like, man, my husband's not doing X, Y, and Z, my wife's not doing X, Y, and Z. Um, first of all, there, if, if you cultivate and do the work of communication, you're going to be able to work through this a lot easier than people who don't talk and don't have that time together. But if you're waiting to bless your spouse or to love your spouse until they check every box, there's going to be a lot of resentment in that marriage. And I, and I would say in an ideal situation, you have two individuals, a husband and wife that love each other and they serve each other even when every box is not checked. And they bless each other even when maybe every expectation is not met. And so the focus is not on what have you done, but the focus is on what can I do for you? And if you live that way as a couple, all the other areas, I believe, again, there's, there's other things to this, but all the other areas I think will flourish and blossom because you're cultivating a heart of loving service for each other. And that's not just the man's, um, role. And it's not just the woman's role. It's both of those roles as spouses to be able to love each other and serve each other. So don't just wait, you know, don't just wait for every box to be checked, just serve and love that other person. The last one is here. And I think this is great. I want to tell you a little story with this one. So the first one is marriage is work, but there's a great reward. The second one is Don't wait till your spouse checks the box. Just serve. And the third thing is this. If it's meaningful to your spouse, it should be meaningful to you. 
Meaning when we come into marriage, especially as guys, we think we know what we like and what we don't like. And, and, you know, and I think that sometimes this happens in life where when somebody has a, maybe a passion that's different than yours, you, you tune it out. I've learned working with people for over 20 plus years, over 25 years, that if you make other people's passion something important, you actually find out that you'll enjoy a lot of things in life. Doesn't mean a lot of things are for you, but you'll enjoy more things. And I would just say with your spouse, cherish what they love, even if it's something different. My wife does this great. I don't think she really was like, doesn't necessarily love football, but we'll talk football. And I know she does that for me. I know I have a great story. My wife grew up as a dancer. She grew up dancing. She was in different dance companies, and she was really good at it. She's, she's awesome. She's awesome. I grew up, and my, my exposure to dancing was maybe dancing in my living room. Um, I did like musicals, so I, you know, like West Side Story and, um, what is it, 101 trombones, uh, what is it? oh, Music Man, and, and some like that, right? And so I, I did grow up a, around some of that, but I didn't really appreciate ballet. I felt like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a manly man. What am I going to like about ballet? And so, I don't know, about eight years ago or so, um, Jackie said, I want to go see this ballet company called Ballet Magnificat. And I was like, okay, let's, let's go see it. And I'll tell you the truth. I don't even know if she knows this, but I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to have to go see ballet. All right, I got to do this. I know she, she loves dance. Let me, let me go. And... Um, and so we went and we saw this ballet. I think there was also some other kinds of dancing. If she was here, she would be able to help me here. I think there was some modern dancing in, in the ballet production or it was... Anyway, I loved it. And I would go back and see a ballet production in a moment. I enjoyed the art form. I enjoyed the expression. I enjoyed watching the technique. And I think most of all, I enjoyed going with my wife to be a part of something she loved. And that brought me joy knowing that she was having joy. So I would say to you, if it's meaningful to your spouse, it should be meaningful to you. It doesn't mean that you're going to like it all. Maybe there's something that you're not going to like. But I think when you're friends with somebody and you're connected to that person, that something that brings them joy will bring you joy. It doesn't mean that you're all going to have the same likes, and I understand that. But make it meaningful, because here's the secret. When you find their purpose and their passions meaningful, what's, what you're really communicating is that they are meaningful to you. And that's the secret of that one. So number one, do the work of marriage, which is cultivate it. Number two... Don't wait till your spouse checks all the box. Just take the initiative and serve them. And number three, if it's meaningful to your spouse, make it meaningful to you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, this is Nick Kupalithis. Thank you so much for listening to the Kupalithis podcast. Please consider supporting this by a donation at thekupalithispodcast.com. It is a tax-deductible donation. If you would like to write into the show, you can write me at kupalithis at gmail.com. Yes, you got to figure out how to spell that, but share, subscribe. See you next time. Just show up.